You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Love all of you that get your fantasy football knowledge every week from the great Joe Dolan. I think he's the best at what he does. There's metrics out there. There's articles that have been written. You can just Google it. Joe Dolan, best fantasy analyst over the last three-year period, five-year period, ten-year period. There are people that track these things. Check him out on social media like I do, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm, of course, just the former NFL offensive lineman. Cool temp job in my 20s. Now I call college games, NFL games, TV, radio, a bunch of different podcasts, which I love. And I tell people all the time, even if you're not like a diehard fantasy person, I just love the info and the analysis that Joe brings. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Love those of you that engage with at Ross Tucker pod in any way, because then you're eligible to be the spread the word winner via social media a little bit later on in the week. And of course you can take advantage of all of our sponsors as well over at Ross Tucker.com. More and more people checking us out on YouTube, by the way, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I love that, and I love Thursday Night Football this week, Joe. It is the Saints hosting the Jaguars. What do I need to know? Well, first and foremost, the big question, of course, is the uh, status of Trevor Lawrence. It seems like he's going to go. Got to practice in on Tuesday. Seems positive uh, about his ability to play in this game. And the thing for the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence is I actually think they're moving the ball all right, but just like – I I think it's basically just like every team in the NFL. They're struggling to put the ball in the end zone, and it's kind of um, prevented Trevor Lawrence from truly breaking out for fantasy. But the one thing that has been happening is Travis Etienne has become basically the bell cow of bell cows. He is having an absolutely monster season. He leads all running backs in touches. Tank Bigsby is no longer uh, taking the work at the goal line. And over the last three weeks, Travis Etienne has handled 90% of the Jaguars' snaps inside the 10-yard line. He's fourth in snap share across the full season. Um, He's seventh in running back route share. And with with Trevor Lawrence injured, Travis Etienne is a monster bell cow. I expect that the Jaguars will probably lean on Travis Etienne in this game with Trevor Lawrence at less than 100%. Look, Tank Bigsby, I will fully admit it. The selection of Bigsby scared me off of of Travis Etienne. But this is a guy who, if they never drafted Bigsby, would have been going in the second round of fantasy drafts. Um, Instead, he was going around the fourth round. And he's producing first-round value right now. Travis Etienne is having a monster season. What about the Saints, Joe? So, Derek Carr. uh, This is... um, First, let me let me reference what I mentioned with the Jaguars. Uh, per uh, Nate Tice of the Athletic, 
the average NFL team is scoring touchdowns at just over 50% of their red zone drives this year. Uh, so many teams are complaining, or so many fan bases are complaining about their team's red zone. Seen the Seahawks do it. Obviously, Ross, you're intimately familiar with, with the Eagles. You've seen their fans. Well, why do we suck in the red zone? Per Nate Tice of The Athletic, teams are scoring touchdowns on just over 50% of their red zone trips, which is the lowest rate through week six since the 2011 season. So the Saints are not unique here, but the problem is Derek Carr has long been a quarterback who struggled to put the ball in the end zone, in the red zone. 353 yards and 13 points, 353 yards passing and 13 points. I mean, that is a Derek Carr stat line if I've ever seen one. Now, Chris Olave got going in the second half of that game, which is good uh, because I, I know he's been coming off of the uh, the knee injury. But the one thing that's interesting about them, and if you need a tight end for fantasy, Jawan Johnson's been dealing with a calf injury. How about Taysom Hill getting eight targets in that game? Seven catches for 49 yards. They deliberately increased his package. He got eight touches in that game. Uh, Taysom Hill's package is back uh, and it's back in a big way for the New Orleans Saints, who obviously also have, in this matchup, another bell cow running back because Alvin Kamara, 26 touches in Week 6. Um, that's a guy who uh, is handling a super majority of the workload. Every week for Thursday Night Football, Joe, I pick a stud and a value play. My stud's Travis Etienne, for all the reasons you already laid out there. $7,200 on DraftKings. My value, I'm going to go with Evan Ingram because I still think in the red zone where everybody's having issues, that's a guy that Trevor Lawrence could look to to get a touchdown on Thursday night football. We got the Lions in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Awesome football game, Joe. Yeah, the Lions are um, really good right now. They might have the best offense in the NFL right now, um, well, with the exception of the Miami Dolphins. The question for the Lions, of course, is what is the status of Jameer Gibbs? We know David Montgomery is going to miss some time. So Jameer Gibbs' status, uh, Dan Campbell was pretty positive about it uh, on, on Monday, but that's not indicative of whether or not he's going to play. Even if Jameer Gibbs plays in this game, you would think the Lions are going to get another running back involved. Um, because they've been rotating running backs in all season. That was clearly their plan. They signed they signed Montgomery and drafted Gibbs. Craig Reynolds would be the guy who I would uh, I would say would be the top running back for them in the event um, they need a grinder or if Gibbs can't play. Craig Reynolds probably was picked up in your leagues on waivers. Maybe you're in a shallower league where he wasn't. But I think Craig Reynolds is a running back for the Detroit Lions who could have some value in this matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. It is a tough matchup, though. Ravens on offense? The Ravens on offense. Ugh. Lamar Jackson continues to play really well, but this is a team that's really mixing the ball around. Um, Zay Flowers has become kind of a weekly wide receiver three. He scored a touchdown this past week. Mark Andrews, obviously, you play every week. And at, in the backfield, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are kind of touchdown dependent. If you need to play one of these two, I actually prefer Hill because he gets more work in the passing game. Um, but the other receivers for Baltimore, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, if they do anything... Um, they're probably not even rostered in your fantasy league right now. They mix the ball around. They haven't figured this passing game out 100%. So Baltimore is a really good team that kind of for fantasy purposes is dried up. I, uh, I'm, I'm not thrilled with what I've seen from them from an offensive perspective, even if I think Lamar Jackson's playing great football. 
the Raiders are playing the Bears. I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> looks like it's Tyson Bajan against somebody for the Raiders. Yeah, Joe. Aiden I mean, O'Connell what are we even or, doing? or Brian Hoyer. Um, let's go back to Aiden O'Connell's last start uh, uh, with the Raiders when they played the Chargers. Josh Jacobs had 25 touches in that game. He had 17 carries and eight receptions. So you're playing Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams played through injury and caught eight passes for 75 yards in that game. It looked like he got popped uh, last week against the Patriots. Um, Keep an eye on his status. Uh, But Devontae Adams you can play. Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver three. Remember, there are six teams on by this week. So you're going to have to play some unideal uh, players. I love Jacoby Myers. He's been having a great year, but he caught just two passes from Aiden O'Connell the last time O'Connell started a game. So I think you just start your Raiders um, and just personally, mentally downgrade them. Maybe go for some upside elsewhere. The one thing about the Raiders that I think we need to point out is Michael Mayer, the tight end, the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame. Five catches for 75 yards on six targets in week six. I think they're increasing his role. And at the tight end position, I'll go for young upside over some of these guys like Hunter Henry who are just not getting it done right now. Michael Mayer, a name to watch on your waiver wire if he's still out there. Ooh, okay. What about the Bears on offense? Um, <laughs> well, they're going to have to change the way they play if Tyson Bajan plays and Tyson Bajan's going to play. Um, uh our metrics at fantasypoints.com at fantasy points data love the Bears offensive line versus the Raiders defensive line in the run game. But the problem is those metrics take into account designed quarterback runs, and they're just not going to have that element to their game, at least in the same way as they do with Justin Fields. Um, the Bears backs are going to be Deontay Foreman, and if Rashawn Johnson clears concussion protocol, Rashawn Johnson will play in this game. Um, and I consider them both kind of low-end RB2s this week. Uh, but I would think they're going to run the ball. Um, I'd still play DJ Moore, but any other Bear receiver, um, except for maybe Cole Komet, I'm I'm out on with Tyson Bajan starting at quarterback. The Cleveland Browns are traveling into Indianapolis to take on the Grover Stewart-less Colts. Yeah, so... The um the Browns uh, well we'll see what's up with with Deshaun Watson it you know there was that whole weird situation a couple of weeks ago Kevin Stefanski was like oh yeah he's medically cleared and then all of a sudden he misses a game then they go on by oh he's gonna be okay nope then he misses another game PJ Walker did everything the Brown like to lose the Browns that football game last week um and it just didn't happen the 49ers wouldn't take it from them. They ran the ball extremely well. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt both are on the fantasy radar. Um, Amari Cooper had a phenomenal game. Um, It's hard for me to take a whole lot away from that game, though, because P.J. Walker was so bad. Elijah Moore, who I I love this year for fantasy, and it just hasn't been clicking for him. You saw on the final Browns drive, he was wide open on a number of instances, and and P.J. Walker could not deliver him the football. Um, he's still a bench guy for me, but obviously everything hinges on the status and the availability of Deshaun Watson in this game would feel significantly better about the Browns. Even though he hasn't played fantastic football at all, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, I would feel better about him, uh, about the Browns offense with him in there than PJ Walker. But as you mentioned, Indianapolis does not have Grover Stewart. I would think this is another good game for the Browns to run the football. What about Joe? 
uh, when the Colts have the ball on offense? Well, Gardner Minshew turned the ball over four times, and he turned the ball over four times against a decent but not, like, elite Jaguar defense. Um, I have to imagine the Browns are licking their chops here. Um, Minshew was careless with the ball against the Jags. This is a Browns defense. I know the 49ers did not have Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey, but this is a Browns defense that ate Brock Purdy alive last week. Um, I think it's going to be a rough go of it for Gardner Minshew here. You probably still have to play Michael Pittman um, because he gets the targets, the 14 targets in that game, a lot of that coming in the fourth quarter. Um, And obviously I love Josh Downs, but – I think this is going to be a rough go of it for Gardner Minshew. Meanwhile, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor split the snaps evenly in the backfield, and I would anticipate uh, Jonathan Taylor will get a little bit more work going forward. Feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat? Make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door by the way while you're eating that go ahead and wash it down with some labat blue lights with your friends family your fantasy league dudes always enjoy responsibly beer labat usa buffalo new york joe let's talk the bills who not exactly lighting it on fire the last couple games on the road in new england well, the Bills, again, This is it kind of seems like a just a league-wide problem with some of these offenses. You know, uh, Buffalo just 297 yards of offense last week against the, uh, against the New York Giants in a good matchup. Um, and the passing game was filtered completely through Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen had 30 throws in that game. 16 of them were directed at Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, I don't know how he didn't hit uh, his overprop, but that, that offense was just bad uh nonetheless James Cook looking very good on the ground but he's splitting carries with Latavius Murray um obviously the Damian Harris scary situation um I'm glad it seems like he's okay but I'm not sure he's going to to play in this game and you know there were rumors or not not necessarily rumors but actual reports that Leonard Fournette was going to go visit the Bills um that didn't come to fruition but it, it shows that the Bills are looking for a little bit something else in the in the backfield even though I think James Cook's look great um, so it, we just can't expect James Cook to be a bell cow of any sort going forward. You're right. The Bills offense just not clicking on all cylinders. Um, I think they'll bounce back a little bit this week against a, what is a pretty tough Patriot defense, but a Patriot defense that of course, uh, is without Matthew Judon, um, without Christian Gonzalez. And they have a couple other injuries as well that should allow the Bills to move the ball a little bit better than they did last week. So Joe, what? Is the deal with the Patriots on offense? Is there anybody that's in your lineup? Ramondre, maybe? Um, The Ramondre thing is so bizarre. He went down in the first half of that game. At the end of a 15-yard run, um, he gets twisted up, and then his head slams off the turf. He limps off the field and looks woozy as he's doing it. And I'm like, "Uh, oh, no. Like, this is bad. He finally busted off a run, and then he, he gets back in that game. I was stunned by it, and then he ends up scoring a touchdown. Um, Zeke Elliott scored a touchdown as well. Um, But Ramondre, if you're playing any Patriot, it's him. Mac Jones threw a terrible interception in that game. Um, They said his leash was short. He managed to finish the game. It was a horrendous game. Horrendous. Um, And then Kendrick Bourne. uh, I don't know how you can 
justify playing him. But if you're desperate for a wide receiver three this week because six teams are on by, he did at least get 11 targets. But really, it's Ramondre or bust for me uh, for the Patriots against this Bills defense. Let's talk the Commanders at the New York Giants. Giants defense looked pretty good. Um, I actually thought Saquon looked pretty good I thought um, in terms of explosiveness. They obviously just have their O-line issues still. Yeah, and then there was – they had the – the theme of this program is red zone issues. At the end of the first half, they th- they run the ball with Saquon um, and don't get in the end zone. They fail to score a touchdown. And then at the end of the game, when they probably should have run the ball with Saquon, they throw the ball to Darren Waller, can't get in the end zone. Um, the question, of course, for the Giants is what's the status of Daniel Jones? And Tyrod Taylor, I thought, actually played a pretty good game. And Tyrod Taylor always threw a pretty deep ball, um, and he continued to do that against the Bills last week. And the thing about Tyrod is not that the the, the Giants' protection is, issues were assuaged, um, but I wonder if Tyrod came in and he just wasn't shell-shocked. Like, he came into the game and was actually in control a little bit. He comes in and... and doesn't have the deer in the headlights look that Daniel Jones has has accumulated because of all the hits that he's been taking. So maybe a week off will help Daniel Jones in that regard if he plays in this game. But I really can't sit here and say I'd feel a whole lot better about the giant offense if Daniel Jones plays because we just saw them actually move the ball somewhat okay. And I mean, I mean that I'm grading on a curve here. They average 4.3 yards per play, but that's a lot better than we've seen in in recent weeks. And uh, they took just two sacks. So Tyrod Taylor came out and played a good game. The guy who continues to get things done if you need him for the Giants and you need a wide receiver three this week is Wandale Robinson. Eight targets. He caught them all for 62 yards. It's going to be a low average depth of target. Um, I obviously much prefer him in PPR leagues than in standard leagues because he's going to catch everything close to the line of scrimmage. But he's somebody they trust, and they try to get explosive plays out of him um, because they really don't have time to protect for explosive plays down the field. So Wandale Robinson is a guy I'm going to continue to endorse as a wide receiver three play for the Giants. And Saquon, completely agree, Ross, looked fantastic, um, at least better than he has uh, it, earlier this season, he had 28 touches. He is all the way back. I will continue uh, to fire up Saquon as an RB2 this week against the Commanders. And they definitely try to get the ball to Wondell Robinson on third down. Yes. There's no question about it. Um, the other side for the Commanders, Joe, I'm curious about them. In particular, what's going on with our guy, Jahan Dotson? I mean, he's like flat-out droppable for fantasy. One thing now, I think Eric Bieniemy against Atlanta really greased the squeaky wheel uh, with Terry McLaurin, who hasn't been getting targets himself. Remember, two weeks ago when they played the Bears on Thursday Night Football, Sam Howell threw fifty-one passes, and only five of them each went to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Well, Terry McLaurin was on the receiving end of eleven of Sam Howell's twenty-three pass attempts against the Falcons last week. So that was a squeaky wheel game. I don't know if that's coming for Jahan Dotson. Maybe, uh, but uh, but I don't think you can sit here and, and and confidently play Jahan Dotson in any way whatsoever. I mean, I think Jahan Dotson's out there on the waiver wire uh, in many leagues. Curtis Samuel is kind of a thing for the commanders now. I think Sam Howell likes to throw the ball across the middle of the field. Curtis Samuel, 
last week against the Falcons. Four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown um, on on four targets. Against the Bears in week five, six catches for 65 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. In that game, Logan Thomas had 11 targets. Uh, against the Eagles back in week four, Curtis Samuel, seven catches for 51 yards on eight targets. He is officially a thing. Um, he's the commander's version of Wandale Robinson, except he's in a better offense. So I think he is a wide receiver three play in this week. And uh, if you're looking for a DFS play, Brian Robinson's been a very touchdown dependent running back too, but this is as good a spot for as any for Robinson to find his way into the end zone. The Giants have given up at least 110 rushing yards on non-scramble runs in every single game so far this year. This is a good spot for Brian Robinson to score a touchdown. Robinson's a banger, man. He's a good player. I like him. Yeah, he's a good I like player. him, especially down near the goal line. I also like people that dominate the fourth quarter. In football, obviously, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And Smart Sequence helps sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. All right, Joe, let's talk about the Falcons. Desmond Ritter went back on the roller coaster oh. on the road against the Bucks. Did you see Arthur Smith's reaction at the end of that game when Desmond Ritter threw that final interception against the Commanders? Uh, I sure did. Arthur Smith was not very happy with that. Um, now, Desmond Ritter threw for 300 yards for the second consecutive game, but he was back to throwing terrible interceptions. Um, there's no indication that they're going to go to Heineke yet. Um, I still think that's a possibility in the future. Uh, Ritter probably bought himself some time with his game against the Texans two weeks ago, but uh, he did not look great against the Commanders despite throwing 307 yards. But, hey, at the very least, the Falcons threw the ball to their good players for the second consecutive week. Drake London led him in receiving. Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts tied for second in receiving on this team. So Kyle Pitts is back to a guy you play every week. He's too talented. He's The upside is too high, as frustrating as he's been. The problem now for, for, for Atlanta is, man, they've been kind of struggling to run the football here the last couple weeks. Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Bijan Robinson, 14 for 46. Uh, against the Texans two weeks ago, Algier 17 for 40. Last week against the Commanders, Algier 13 for 51, Robinson 13 for 37. At the very least, Bijan Robinson, though, gets the ball in the passing game, which makes him a strong RB2, borderline RB1 option. I don't, I mean, he's probably an RB1 this week, given the state of the injuries at the running back position. But um, they've struggled to run the football, and they've had to throw it out of necessity. The problem is, with Desmond Ritter throwing the football, throwing the ball out of necessity is going to eventually lead to disaster, as we saw last week against the Commanders. Um, what about the Bucks, Baker and the boys? Yeah, Baker did not play well against Detroit. Um, Rashad White continues to, sh to struggle to find room to run, even though his role is massive. They tried to mix in Keyshawn Vaughn to try to get something going uh, in the run game last week, and it was much worse than Rashad White. Vaughn had six carries for nine yards with a long of seven. 
so he went absolutely nowhere. They're still struggling to run the football. Mike Evans did not have a good game. You still have to play Evans and Godwin. They're the only two receivers that Baker's got. But Baker did not have a particularly strong performance um, last week against the Detroit Lions. Um, the but That was a battle of first-place teams, and I think the Lions showed uh, if, that they've kind of lapped the field there with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were a much better team. But the Bucs are still the Bucs. Rashad White's an RB2 because of his role, um, despite the fact that he's going to struggle to find room to run every week. Godwin and Evans saw 17 of Baker Mayfield's 37 targets. You kind of just have to keep rolling with those two guys uh, in the Buccaneers' offense. Joe, we get a lot of buys this we week, do. man. How many teams is Six. it? Six. Wow. I mean, you're talking Joe Burrow, <clears throat> C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't know how many people are playing Bryce Young or Zach Wilson. Uh, Tannehill, obviously, with the injury as well. We'll talk a little bit in episode two about some potential quarterback streaming options this week. You even already talked about potentially streaming Michael Mayer at tight end. Remember, it's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. And episode two will be in your podcast app by the time you wake up on Thursday morning. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 